welcome to this week's episode of the Like a Bigfoot podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Chris Ward. This week, I'm sitting down talking with Miriam Gilbert. Um, you can kind of find all of her stuff at Ultra Miriam. <coughs> uh, and you can also check out her website at miriamdiazgilbert.com. Uh, she's done all sorts of stuff. She's a very experienced ultra runner, has taken on 100 milers, 50 milers. Uh, and, and this week, I was really interested in her... 24 hour events um the timed events because it's you know man if you if you're into ultra running (laughs) that's that's a wide topic there's all sorts of various races various challenges you can take on and some of those challenges include the events where you go out and run a loop for 24 hours and Miriam is currently training for her very first 24 hour track event so you're you're running a quarter mile over and over and over again over a whole entire day um so i was interested in kind of like digging into how do you even take that on like what is your how do you deal with boredom really at that at that point um but also just the monotony the flatness the the sun beating down on you as you're running around a high school track so we dig into that a little bit. And then Miriam actually has a really interesting history. Uh, she wrote an article a while back called How Ultra Running Saved My Life. Um, and I think a lot of people, there are articles like that where a lot of people are referring to, you know, getting them into, it, it got them into a new habit or it helped them deal with a rough time in their life. But specifically for Miriam, she means physically saved her life. Uh so we'll kind of dig into that story a bit um, in this episode. And we also just touch on a whole bunch of stuff. She loves the like a variety of books on her website. She reviews uh, she reviews all, all sorts of running books. Uh, she sits down and she interviews some of the um, more interesting ultra runners uh, around. Um, she recently interviewed Gene Dykes, who's 70 years old and just took on a 200 miler in Australia, I believe. So, um, yeah, so she's definitely, uh, kind of like in this ultra running community. She knows a lot about it. She's very experienced. So I was really honored and excited to kind of pick her mind and hear her story. Uh, so yeah, so I hope you guys enjoy the episode today. Um, check out all the rest of them. They're not all ultra running though. A lot of them are, Um, But we touch on all various aspects of adventure and athletes and exploration and all sorts of stuff. So, uh, yeah, but let's get into it. This is the Like a Bigfoot podcast number 139 with Miriam Gilbert. The one that I'm going to be running in May, which is on a track, is my seventh 24-hour ultra. So I've run road ultras and I've run trail ultras and this will be my first track ultra. So because I've been running for a while, I've been running over 30 years Um, and I've been running uh, ultras since 2005. So I've been able to build up endurance and, um, uh, you know, I started as, you know, middle of the pack runner. Um, and, um, as I got older 
and with more uh, training miles. And um, I, uh, I've been able to place in my age group. And for some reason, I do, I do well at the 24 hours because I guess the competition is not fierce, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like, you know, I have placed uh, second, third, and fourth, and fifth, and sixth, and tenth. That's you know? awesome. Yeah. What, and, yeah. Yeah. Like, what do you attribute that to, the whole just success well, at the 24-hour race? Yeah, I, I think um, if I had started running 24 hours from the get-go, I would not be running that well. I would probably be, you know, you know, at the end of 24 hours, I'd probably log maybe uh, 50 miles or 60 miles, you okay. know. But as I as I got uh, more experience and um, when you get older, you just know the routine and you're more relaxed. And I don't... I don't consider myself a competitive person, um, but I do like to test my own limits. Uh, and I'm, I don't worry about what other people think about me when I'm on the trail or when I'm on the road or on the track. I run for myself, you know, and uh, I, the more you run, the better that you become, I think. Um, and I think that you also, um, you need to be very disciplined. So I'm very disciplined. Um, I have my training schedule. I know how many miles I need to run. Uh, I pencil everything into a paper calendar, you know, uh, and um, I save all of those. And I look back and I say, whoa, I can't believe I, I did that. Or boy, I'm getting a little bit better. Um, and uh, I think the best is when you run a race and at the end you're told that you're in third place or that you <laughs> won your age group or I'm like, what? Or I had a, a PR, you know, uh, and I'm like, oh, that's nice. And I'm just really happy. And the entire time that I'm running, even though I, the race isn't over yet, I'm plotting my next ultra. You know, it's like, where can I go next? And I just enjoy it, and it's been really healthy. Um, and um, you may have read from my blog or not, or my website that, for me, ultra running uh, saved my life. And if I hadn't been in such good physical shape when I I placed third overall female in the, it was the around the lake 24-hour uh, run in Wakefield, Massachusetts, um, I would not have survived a major surgical error that I endure uh, three days after I placed a third uh, in a situation that was unrelated to 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 running. Um, and uh, I had um, a scheduled laparoscopic hysterectomy to remove uh, massive fibroids, and unfortunately, the surgeon um, transected my left ureter. Ouch. Yeah, and my body was filled with urine. Only, and then that created a, a small bowel obstruction that did not resolve itself, so I had to have surgery to unkink the kink, so to speak. And um, uh, I had uh, the surgery on May 1st, excuse me, um, August 1st, and um, uh, it wasn't detected that I was becoming septic till Labor Day, uh, almost a month later. Yeah. So yeah. So basically, I mean, any of like the bodily fluids you don't want just like leaking around in your was, midsection, right. right? 
yeah, it was, and you know, I was leaking, and uh, they told me it was normal oh, that no. organs were paralyzed, and they were, you know, going back to their, and, and naturally, my husband and I believed him because they're the experts, you yeah. know. Uh, but uh, thank goodness that um, uh, the doctors were were shocked that I was still alive. Wow. Because, so, so yeah. yeah so I, I I read the article this morning. So it's called "How Ultra Running Saved My Life," and yes. It's it's interesting because there are a lot of articles out there about like ultra running saved my life, but usually it's like you know it got me out of an addiction or a bad you know got me through a bad a rough time in my life, and then yours was like no, it like physically saved my life, which I found it really interesting. So yeah, can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So um, my immune system was really strong. Um, if I had, and I didn't have any other medical issues, you know, um, you know, I'm not obese, I'm, I'm not diabetic, I don't have a heart condition, I don't have high blood pressure, you know, that kind of stuff. And um, in fact, when I went into surgery uh, for the laparoscopic hysterectomy, um, the anesthesiologist came in, you know, they talk to you and they ask you questions, they want to make sure you understand what's happening. And one of the first questions that he asked me, he, he asked, are you an athlete? And I'm like, no, I teach writing. I taught, I was a writing uh, professor at a university and I was director of a writing center. And um, he just looks at me and uh, I said, no, I'm not an athlete. And then my husband jumps in and says, <laughs> well, she just ran 24 hours. <laughs> You know, yeah. days ago, she's an ultra runner. And then he said, what's an ultra runner? And oh then I had gosh. to explain to him. And then he just looks at me. He says, you have an athlete's heart. And an athlete's heart, in my understanding, is when your BPM is like 60 and below. Uh, and when you have your pre-admission testing, um, they, you know, they do an EKG, make sure that your heart's in good shape. And mine was 54. Uh, and I thought, gee, I thought that you had to, uh, uh, get paid millions of dollars and, uh, to be an athlete. And I said, no, I'm not an athlete. And he looked at me, he said, you're an athlete. And after that, I realized, I guess I am an athlete, you know, but for me, it's just running. It's what I enjoy. Yeah. You know, I don't see myself, you know, I guess I am an athlete, but, uh, that's not what I am. Well, you know? I think, I think a lot of people who do ultra running kind of have a similar perspective and it's, it is funny though, from like an outsider, like the doctor is like, what are yeah. you talking about? You, of course you're an athlete. You just ran for t 24 <laughs> hours. Like, yeah. Yeah. but it, I think, yeah. I think people, you know, you, you think about ultra running, you're like, well, I'm going like fairly slow and yeah. you know, it's some, I'm chatting with my friends and like, yeah. I'm just yeah. doing the, yeah. it's something like when it's something that you've done, it kind yeah. of takes away that mystique around it. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, you know, yeah. Uh, but, uh, I've been very athletic my entire life. I, uh, when I was much younger, I played softball and field hockey and basketball, but I never ran. I never ran in school. I was, uh, I had lazy legs, I call them, you know, because I, I was very tall for my age. And um, I just, and I hated relay races in school because I would be like the anchor, the last person, so that if we were behind, my long legs would get us to the finish first. Yeah, yeah. And it, it really worked out that way because I, 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 I was a terrible, terrible, I was a very slow runner. 
but then, you know, you run and I enjoy running very much and, uh, I can't imagine my life not running. Yeah. What is it? Um, we'll get back to the whole like ultra running, yeah. saving your life thing, but what is running do for you? Like, what is, what does it bring to your life? Why do you like it so much? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question. Um, I love running because, uh, you're outdoors and I love the outdoors. I love being in the trails. I love being in the woods. And if I have to run on, on the roads, you know, I, I just like be, I just like being out there and running. And for me, uh, running is a spiritual experience. Um, for me, uh, running is my time with God. I'm a very uh, faithful person, a very spiritual person. It's my time with God. Uh, it's I have conversations with God. And um, I, I love running because, especially in the trails, I'm surrounded by uh, peace and solitude. And running is also um, a great escape from the chaos that is our world. So... Um, and I find that I get really creative and I get really great ideas when I'm running. I'll yeah. get good writing ideas, uh, topics. Uh, I wrote a book in my head, you know, while I was running. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I even occasionally from time to time, if I have an idea or thought, I don't want to forget it, I will stop and I'll um, uh, put it in my notes or record it, you know, on my iPhone and then I'll get back to it uh, later. But, uh, and then running is, uh, you know, uh, we're made to, to run, you know? Uh, you know, it's such a cliche, you know, we're born to run. Uh, that's a great book if you read it by Christopher McDougall. Oh, it's excellent. Uh, but, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I met him. Uh, Did you really? Years ago, he came to, yeah, he came to a book festival where near where I live. And um, he was great. He he gave a really good talk, and um, it was really nice to meet him. Um, yeah, but you know we're wired to run, and um, any times that we have a bad day, or we're feeling anxious about something, or even a little bit depressed about something, or um, you know, uh, even if you just go for a long walk, uh, that's very um, therapeutic. So so running is therapeutic. You know, uh, some people when they have a a crisis in their life experience a negative um issue um you know for whatever reason you know uh folks will turn to different things you know some turn to you know alcohol or to drugs or to you know promiscuity whatever you know um all i know how to do is just put one foot forward and just run and um i enjoy it i like training it's a discipline uh it's a ritual you know you know uh, getting ready for your training run, you know, getting your body ready, um, you know, putting duct tape around my toes, uh, putting, you know, zinc oxide or, or you know, desitin or, you know, butt paste, as you kids call it these days, <laughs> you know, um, uh, you know, on your body and just getting out and putting the gear on and, and get, preparing your hydration. Uh, that's all a ritual. And it's a really raising ritual um, that has a pur purpose, you know. Yeah. And I'll go out. You know, running. Once you run, if you if you're able to run earlier in the day, you have your whole day ahead of you to do so, so many things because you put in your miles yeah. and you feel good. So yeah, yeah. For me, running is, is a spiritual experience, and it 
helped me healthy. And uh, without running, I wouldn't be here talking to you today. Definitely. Well, you know, because I probably would have, you know, this would have taken me. The doctors were stunned. They were like, this is not supposed to happen. But the interesting thing, I my husband knew how sick I was, but never told me until much later. I had no idea how serious my situation was because to me it was like, all right, this is just another challenge and I'm going to visualize getting better. And, um, you know, when I was in the hospital and terrible pain, I would just visualize uh, or remember flashback to the pain that your body endures when you run an ultra. And um, in that moment of darkness, if you just keep going, there's a light at the end of the tunnel waiting for you. And so I would visualize the finishes that I experienced in my ultras prior to my medical nightmare. And that really uh, kept me going. And I, you know, I would remember um, books that I read about running, Dean Karnass's books that I read, you know, Christopher McDougall's books or other books that I've read and how they were able to push their body through uh, that running and, and prayer. My faith kept me going. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's inter- you hit on a lot of interesting things there. I think running just the simplicity of the task, like it clears your mm-hmm. mind because there's so many distractions, things going on like 24 uh, yeah. seven that it's nice to have like even just an hour a day to just completely clear your mind of all of that stuff. And then also like as it pertains to like trail running, now you're getting out into nature, you're getting away from traffic and people really. And you, yes. it's just that it's, it just takes it up like one more level. To me yeah yeah and to be out in nature is just uh, it's just beautiful my husband and I uh, like to hike in the national parks uh, we're getting ready to go to a couple more this summer but um, it's funny in some of my races I we have hiked in a national park after I've had an ultra and sometimes uh, uh, as I'm tapering we're at a national park and I'm getting ready for that next ultra so um, you know, it's sometimes it's, it's always good to mix. Like you don't always have to, uh, run all the time, you know, just, um, include like hiking or simple hiking or, uh, in your running. I recently started, uh, to, uh, go, um, indoor climbing, which I really love. I love, you know, um, going to the, uh, uh, indoor climbing gym near my home and it's, it's good cross training. So uh, it's good to just mix it up. Uh, a little and work the different parts of your body, you know, a little cross training. Um, do you rock climb? You know, do you, you um, know, I've, I've done, uh, indoor climbing a handful of times. Um, and yeah, I keep looking for like a gym close to me. Actually, my favorite type is like the indoor bouldering where oh, yeah. there's no oh. ropes, no equipment involved. You just show up really and start yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to figure bouldering. it out. Yeah, I, I, I like bouldering too. I, I think I'm a stronger climber than I am, a, uh, you know, a boulder. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it, it, it's it's all good. And I I've never would have started rock climbing if I hadn't. My husband and I went to Acadia National Park up in Maine, and there's uh, rock climbing places there. I mean, outdoor, they'll take you with you know the guides and the belayers and stuff. That's so cool. And I just went up this you know, the South bubble, uh, which is not too bad, but you know, for a new, uh, a new person. And I just was fierce. on, on that. <laughs> And my husband hated the whole experience, but I loved it. And then I was hooked. And yeah. uh, 
God, I found a, a rock climbing place. But yeah, so- I I totally get how people become hooked to that, and and at the same time, like I am just in awe of. Like, cause you know, out where I'm at right now, we have El Dorado Canyon State Park, which is mm-hmm. like world-class rock climbing. So I'll take oh. my kids there and we'll go hiking and you'll see these giant rock faces and like these yeah. tiny little dots. Like, yes. <laughs> and you're like, what? And then, yeah. uh, this summer, speaking of national parks, I went up to Rocky Mountain National Park and We've I went been- on. Ooh, yeah, and yeah, it. it's awesome. It's so great. And I went on a run like deep into the park where I was the only person by this high alpine lake. And then I just start hearing from way up this tiny spire. I hear these two guys talking because they're rock climbing it. And it, it looks like something I'm like, how can a human being even get up there? <laughs> you know, it's well, amazing yeah. what the, the human body can do and the human spirit. It's just really wonderful. Yeah. Just- so Wonderful. how often do you do that? And like, and well, are uh, you, are you doing it for fun? Or are you doing it like intentionally to add it into training? Well, I want to add it into my training and adding into my training is fun. Yeah. So I started doing, uh, once I, I found out that, uh, the, uh, climbing wall was here, uh, in our town, uh, that was around, <clears throat> uh, November. October, November. So I've been doing it since October, November, and I was just so happy. Uh, and um, I tried. I was trying to do it uh, once a week, like on Friday nights, because Friday nights is ladies' night, <laughs> and there's a discount uh, for female uh, climbers. Awesome. And um, yeah, so I haven't been able to go for I would say three weeks, um, but I'll, I'll, you know I'll do it again. And then I'm I'm also being very cautious because I don't want to hurt myself before my ultra in may yeah so uh you know i'm, I'm sensible that way um so because you know i could pull a muscle or i don't think I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna break any bones or anything but i can pull a muscle or you know twist my hip the wrong way uh so i know to to be really uh sensible about that but once that's over you know, I'll, I'll be going in a lot more because I just really like it. And uh, it's it really does a total body workout, uh, which is good. And, and I like the challenge. I like the struggle, the story of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've been at the rock climbing gym where me and my friend will try a few routes and we can't get it. And then all of a sudden, this like 10 year old girl comes up yeah. and just like dominates easily. And I we're like, know. what? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> So I was like, oh, boy, they're, 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 they're very inspirational, those little ones, you know, because they're fearless. They are. Yes. They're fearless, as you know, from your own children. You know, uh, my, my, uh, my grandchildren and my daughter-in-law, my daughter and my, my uh, son-in-law, uh, they, they go to Colorado uh, once a year because um, his parents also have a home in Frisco. Oh, nice. So we've been to Frisco a couple of times, and I've done a lot of, you know, just training runs up in Frisco while I'm up there. Um, but, uh, my grandchildren are, are amazing hikers. They're just incredible hikers. And my, my daughter, my, my granddaughter who just turned four, she's very tall and, um, she is a natural runner. Um, I don't know if you read, read on my website, uh, for my, I turned 60 on January in January 2nd. And I ran um, a 60 mile run around my daughter's neighborhood. I did a one mile lap 60 times. Wow. That's impressive to me. Just like mentally. Yeah. 
<laughs> and it took me, you know, the unofficial time, you know, my husband and my kids, they were my crew and my pacers. And I did it in 14 hours and 55 minutes, wow. you know. Um, and um, my daughter paced me a couple of times. And in one loop, my daughter and my granddaughter, uh, Jordan, she, um, she ran with me. And she did three quarters of a mile. That's cool. And she was just like flying. Her feet were flying. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. So she said she wants uh, she wants to be a runner like her Mima. I'm, I'm Mima. So uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll yeah. have to if they're out in Colorado. I'll have to. There's this like kids trail running series. Oh really? Yeah, oh. it's so cool. My daughter. Uh, my daughter Harper has done like three races through them and they're all like, they vary from like a mile and a half to like three miles for the older kids. Um, But it's so cool because I laughed about this, but the first one she did, she went through all the stages of a race that I've gone through in like a 50 miler, you know, where like, (laughs) but it all happened in a mile for her, but there was like the excitement beforehand, the nervousness, the like high-fiving people on the trail. And then the last, you know, the hallucinations, (laughs) (laughs) maybe, I don't know. The last, like, (laughs) <laughs> the last 200 yards was a struggle and i'm like yeah. wow this is exactly what everyone goes through it doesn't yeah. matter what the distance is yeah this is just and, what you go through but you stay strong and you just you know you just do it push your 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 yourself through yeah oh that's amazing i'm, yeah. I'm that excites me when children run anytime that a person says that they're going to start running i don't care what age they are i'm just so happy i'm like the happiest person yeah yeah, it's a good thing to to be able to run is a, is a good thing. It is. And, you know, we've all had those moments and you probably had them to come back to um, your your story here. But you probably we have those moments where we aren't able to run and then it just makes you appreciate it that much more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I wasn't able to run uh, when I had my surgery. I was uh, I had a six month medical leave um, and um but I did get out to walk. And I remember I walked less than a mile. I can't remember on the trail. My, we drove the car to the trail because normally we run from our house to the trail. But I wasn't able to, to walk normally yet. And um, it took me like an hour to do, I don't know, a little, a little over a mile or whatever, just walking. And I was the happiest person right. on the earth because I knew I still had it in me. And then... I started training, uh, my surgery, my medical nightmare started in, in, uh, in August and I started training in January, little after January. Yeah. Just little by little. And, um, there was a 50 mile trail ultra near our home. Uh, it actually in Philadelphia, I live outside of Philadelphia and, um, uh, you know, I wasn't able to train as as much as I would normally have trained uh, because I was still healing. Um, but um, uh, it was a tough little trail in a beautiful uh, park. And um, I knew I wasn't going to make the 30-mile cutoff in eight hours. So um, I, you know, dropped at mile 26 and a half. But for me, that was a marathon. that I run, you know, and I felt really good. And then I said, well, now, um, after that, 
uh, I decided to um, go back to the Around the Lake um, 24 Ultra where I had placed third overall female of the year before. And um, I went back and um, it was part of my healing journey, you know, and I would do, uh, cause I had, it was such a wonderful race and very well organized and they had it for many years and it was uh, postponed, I think in a couple of years ago. And it now it, it doesn't exist anymore, which is really sad. I don't know what happened cause he did it for many years, but um, I went back and after 18 hours and some change, uh, I said, you know what, I, I, I'm proud with what I've done. I did uh, 65 miles, I think. And um, I still managed to do uh, come in sixth overall women. So, awesome. and uh, plus it was super, super hot that day. And I was on medication for rheumatoid arthritis because I developed rheumatoid arthritis as a result of, I also experienced endure uh, Cipro toxicity. I was given Cipro uh, and, uh, Cipro, I think, has been banned. Um, it can be very helpful for many people, but it's also very debilitating for others. Um, it's very, very uh, toxic. And is my that, body is that a meta a medication? It's yeah. It's a uh, it's a uh, Cipro. It's C I P R O. It's the short name, but yeah, it's a uh, it's called the the atomic bomb of antibiotics. Oh, okay. Wow. So it's yeah. like a super strong antibiotic. Yeah, super, super strong. And um, two days after I started taking the first pill for the first dose, I had two nine-day doses that I had to take. Um, and each dose was uh, 1,000 uh, milligrams. Um, I wasn't able to lift my arms. And my shoulders hurt. And my hands hurt. And my feet hurt. And I thought, oh, I know why my body hurts. Uh, because one, my body is healing, so that's a good thing. And two, my endorphins are screaming, get me out for a run. Yeah. And of course, I couldn't run, but that wasn't the case at all. Um, so for about <laughs> eight, uh, my husband um, had to dress me because I Jeez. couldn't myself. Yeah, it was very, very painful. I was, you know, I, I did acupuncture, uh, I did all kinds of things. And, um, I was finally diagnosed with uh, rheumatoid arthritis, and um, the medication wasn't working. Um, a methotrexate and um, Plaquenil wasn't working. Um, and then I came across an article uh, where Dean Carnassus is interviewed, and he had recently changed his diet into for a mix of Mediterranean and Paleo diet. And um, I learned more about what paleo diet is and its removal of processed foods and sugar and flour and wheat and dairy and rice and beans and uh, other stuff that's processed. And uh, my husband and I went paleo. And you know, I told my rheumatologist, I'm done with these medications. I'm not taking them anymore. I'm on the paleo diet and it's working for me. And um, I was, I got blood work and uh, I no longer had rheumatoid arthritis. My blood was was back to normal. So uh, it worked for me. The paleo diet worked for me. And um, yeah, so I just kept running. Actually, I haven't stopped running. I ran my first 5K in 1989, and I haven't stopped running since then. The only time I st couldn't run and I did not run an ultra or a race of any kind was in 2009. 
when I was unable to walk and run for about a year. And long story short, I was uh, diagnosed with uh, myelopathy of the spinal cord as a result of se severe B12 deficiency. And my body um, doesn't naturally produce enough B12 to produce the myelin sheath that we need around our spinal cord. Yeah. And so that results in uh, numbness, uh, twitching, spasms, very, very painful, and the inability to walk and to run. Well, yeah. I, so I think most people listening to this, me included, is like, that sounds like, what's the word? Dehabilitating? Is that a word? <laughs> That's yeah. a word, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But it sounds dehabilitating, so it's like, most, I feel like a lot of people would be like, well, I can't do this. So I'm never even going to try. Like what made you be like, I can't, it, this is something that's causing it to be painful walking. Like what made you just strive to like get back out there, I guess. Yeah. You know, that's a good question. Um, I, you know, I believe really strongly that, uh, you know, movement is so important to healing. Okay. Um, like when I was a patient in the hospital, I, I just kept moving and the nurses were like, are you kidding me? I said, yeah, I'm going to keep moving, but that's because I'm a runner. So I, I'm constantly has to be moving. Yeah. I can't keep still. Um, and, um, I also think, you know, I'm blessed with, uh, my parents are, are still alive and well, you know, my mom is 93. My dad is 89 and my dad played. Uh, semi-pro and adult um, baseball and uh, softball till he was 66 years old. Wow. And the reason why he stopped playing when he was 66 was because his appendix burst. Oh, jeez. Yes. And he, it was quite serious. You know, it burst. He was in the hospital. And um, I'll never forget the day, you know, my... I was there with, you know, my sisters and my husband and my kids and my mom. And uh, the doctor comes in, the surgeon comes in. And my dad's hooked up to all these wires and he's got to get all this stuff, you know, taken out of his body. Um, and uh, the first thing um, my dad says to the doctor is, um, uh, when, I, when am I going home? I have a game on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at my dad. I'm like, yes, that's the spirit, you know? Because yeah. he was seriously ill, but he didn't think he was. He has a game on Saturday, you know? And the doctor's response was, uh, you're never going to play, because uh, he was a pitcher. My dad was a pitcher, you know? You're never going to play uh, baseball again. And uh, so he didn't play baseball, but he coached. He coached the younger boys, you know? Uh, and, um, I think that's where it comes from. I think, uh, I've inherited it. You know, yeah. we don't up when we're down, uh, you move forward no matter what. And that's the same, uh, way that I'm approaching, uh, and helping my, my husband, you may have also read that my husband has cancer. He was diagnosed a little over a year ago, but he's doing really well. He had aggressive chemotherapy. Uh, excuse me, radiation and ongoing chemotherapy. And he's had some surgery and he's doing really well. He hasn't missed a day of work, you know, except for when he was in the hospital yeah. under, you know, but um, you just got to keep moving forward. And, um, you know, the body is, um, you know, uh, don't be sedentary and uh, just move and always be really positive. You know, it's important to be positive 
and um you know ultra running uh teach, teaches you um uh patience you know you need patience um and i think um all these years of running and running ultras um since 2005 now has made me um a more patient person i think um you know, uh, again, the cliche, don't sweat the small stuff. Uh, I really believe that now. Um, and, um, you know, life, you know, when life throws you a curve, you know, you learn to swerve, you know. And um, uh, with everything else in life, you know, in your professional life, you know, you're very young. And, uh, you know, and even, you know, older people such as my age, you know, uh, we will experience, you know, things in the workplace or in a professional lives that sometimes make it hard for us to go on, but we go on anyway. And anytime that you're having a bad day, um, just, you know, every day to me, whether it's a good day or a bad day is, is a blessing, you know, and it's what you do with the gift that's been given to you. Uh, that's going to, you know, carry you over. Um, and, um, I'm, I'm like a really, really positive person, you know, and, you know, if I go out to like, I'm going to run this 24 hour and I'm, I'm a little bit worried because running on a track, there's a lot of wind. So, you know, I've been training on the track I do uh, on weekends is when I can get on the, the track at the high school because um, that's when school is not in session. So I can go in the morning and run, you know, my 20 miles or so on the track. Um, and then on weekdays, I also will run on the track, but I have to wait till school is out. So around 4, 35 o'clock, I can get on the track. Um, but I'm learning that uh, it's very windy on the track because, you know, it's like you're in the middle of the desert yeah. and the sand is going to get you. Um, so I'm learning to, to deal with that. And I actually do not mind yet, although I may at, during the, the ultra, I don't mind uh, going in circles uh, because uh, to me it's become very meditative, you know, uh, and I'm just, uh, I want to make sure that I don't overtrain. Um, I know I'll be going around in circles. It, it will be boring because I'm not surrounded by trees in nature, you know. Um, if it's a hot day and the sun is shining, you know, it will be very hot. The sun, the sun's going to be beating down on you. I won't have the shade uh, that the tree, uh, you know, affords us when we're running in trails. But the good news about running on a track is that I won't trip and fall and hit my head hard. <laughs> That's trail. true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yes, I won't be falling. I won't have to like, you know, run through or try to navigate my way through a flooded creek or, you know, parts of some of the trails you have to run through water especially if it's if it's rained the night before or if it's raining during the event um so and also sometimes it can get really lonely on a trail if you know you're in the middle pack and there are people behind you all the way in the back and there are people all the way ahead of you and you're sort of alone especially in the dark you know when you're running a 24-hour uh trail ultra um so there are some really wonderful positives about running on a track, and I, I, I'm, I welcomed the, the new challenge of running on a 400-meter track and doing laps. And it becomes a numbers game. You play a little bit a game with yourself, you know. Uh, and, um, and I think also being on track, the good news is that uh, the misery, the suffering that you will be enduring, you will be enduring 
with others who are closer to you, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, so you have each other to, you know, uh, uh, to keep each other going. Uh, and um, my husband is happy because um, he's not going to have to worry about me in the trails and, you know, taking a, a hard hit after, you know, taking a tumble. Because um, I've done that a couple of times. I come out and my knees are bloody and my head is bloody, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, they clean you up and boom, you're back on the trail. And then you fall again and you pick yourself up and, you know, you're back on the trail. And then when it's over, you're like, oh, man, I did that. And I am always high for about two weeks after any ultra that I have. Yeah. Because sometimes you can't believe what you just accomplished, you know. Uh, and then you're like, oh, I'm really happy that I did that. And I've had a couple of DNFs, you know, uh, and my DNFs were not because I quit, you know, it was either the weather or, you know, the wind or I, I had 100 mile ultra, the C and O 100 mile ultra in Maryland. Um, it's really flat except for one section It's pretty deceptive, but, um, I went in with a little bit of wheezing, and um, but my legs were strong, and it, the the day of the race was very cold and cloudy, and I was doing really well at the 50 mile mark. I did it in maybe 12 hours, a little less than 12 hours, so I was happy with that. And then around mile 60, it poured. We had hail, and my wheezing got more intense, and by, I made the 60 mile cutoff in plenty of time. Uh, was fed and then my husband was able to pace me from that point um, but um, I uh, started wheezing really bad I got really nauseous and I thought oh I have 30 more miles to go I don't think I'm going to be able to do it and I felt really really sick and the volunteers were so sweet they're like no Miriam don't quit you can do it no you got plenty of time and I'm like I don't know I'm not breathing well I'm wheezing I think I have to puke you know and we got back in the car went back to the motel and I did throw up you yeah. know and I felt much better and uh, three days later when I got an appointment to see my doctor I was told I had really bad bronchitis and she was stunned that I was able to run two miles and she said you know I'm glad that you stopped at mile 70 because it would have been much more serious do you I think do you think there's anything to be said about ultra running helps us build build like a pain tolerance which oh, yeah. which is good but then also with things like that I mean like that's right. probably not right. good <laughs> right 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 and i thought what's a little wheezing and i also had a sore throat so i think i consumed like 100 lozenges <laughs> and but i i was good i was like i was happy with my time i'm moving well you know uh but if it had not rained and hailed yeah. and gotten super cold i would have finished it and then i would have been really sick yeah. you know but uh, but I, I was pleased with my time. It was like mile 69 point something is where I dropped. So I had like, you know, a little less than 30 miles left or a little over 30. Uh, and it was a good decision. And I felt I felt good. And, um, you know, and it's on to the next one. So my next 100 miler was the Wildcat 100 in Pensacola, Florida in 2017. Uh, have you been to Florida? Have I, mentioned I have. I haven't ran any races there, although I know like the ultra running scene there it's a, there's a surprising ultra running scene there from what i hear yeah well you know i was just happy to find this hundred miler and then i thought oh my goodness this is great we'll make it a a racecation well well i'll run the the hundred miler the wildcat 
and we'll also go to uh, Biscayne National Park and Everglades National Park. Uh, so, you know, we rented an RV, we, you know, we flew into Florida, rented the RV when we got there, we picked it up and um, we spent, we just like rode up and down Florida and we stayed in a couple of uh, nice campgrounds, really nice campgrounds. Um, and then uh, the end of our, our, our trip was the Pensacola 100 and um, they give you 40 hours. And I said, wow, that is so generous. Cause most ultras, 100 milers give you 30 or 32 hours. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's pretty good. But I understood why. It was so hot and humid. So hot and humid. Uh, and then at about mile 20 or so, my feet were burning. Were burning. And I didn't understand what was going on. I needed to, like every 10 miles or so, I would have to immerse my feet in ice water just to reinvigorate my feet and then I would be fine and I changed my shoes a couple of times and I ran or walked the last 20 miles in my Birkenstocks. How bad my, my feet were. What, what, what was wrong with them? Was it blisters? Well, what was wrong with them? That's why I couldn't understand. I'm like, what is going on? I've never had this experience. And, um, uh, it was, I, I was, I felt like it was getting all my symptoms of my B12 deficiency that I had years earlier, the burning, uh, and I just felt really lethargic when I got back home, my legs, I was, I was starting to twitch again. And so I called my neurologist. I said, I don't know what's going on. And, um, he said, get your levels checked again. He, my neurologist is at Johns Hopkins, but I'm not going to go, you know, we email all the time. He, he knows about my craziness. But anyway, um, my B12 levels were really low. My, my, my B12 level in my case have to be over 2000. Okay. And it was down to 1226. Okay. And so that causes so, burning in your feet somehow? In this, yeah, it, 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 it's different symptoms because remember, I, I'm not able to naturally produce uh, enough B12 to, to produce the myelin sheath around oh, yeah. my spinal cord. But anyway, and so I'm like, gee, but I've been taking my B12 shots every week. I've been taking my oral B12. What is going on? And I then I, I had a little talk with myself. I said, what am I doing differently? My diet's the same, uh, you know, I haven't changed anything. Ah, I, what I'm doing differently is that I'm taking Prilosec uh, because I have um, I have uh, reflux or, you know, the GI doctor said I have reflux. I have an abnormal stop because that's another story. But anyway, and so I did a little research on proton pump inhibitors like Nexium, Prilosec, and all the other ones that people take for acid reflux. Um, well, they are known to deplete the body of B12. Okay. So I got my, that's when I went to get my blood checked and my B12 level was really low and my methylmalonic acid level was super high. It needs to be the reverse. And that's why my, my symptoms were coming back, the burning of the feet, maybe because I was also running in super hot and humid weather. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it didn't help. Um, but, and 100 uh, miles too. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But that was a proud moment. You know, that race, um, you know, at a, I had, uh, one of my, one of the race, uh, directors said, Miriam, you have 
what was it, Mary? You have five. I have seven miles left, and you have ten hours to, or something like that. And um, I was exhausted, and um, I changed my shoes. I said to my husband, "Just give me my Birkenstocks. I, 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 my feet are burning. Uh, I want my toes to be free of any, you know, constriction or." And um, that loop which was, uh, I think, two and a half mile loop or so, or I forget how long it was. Um, I ran that loop like a bat out of hell. <laughs> I just was like a mad woman on this loop with running with my Birkenstocks. <laughs> and a couple of crew people on the other side of the loop were like, yay, Miriam, oh my God. And I was like, they're like, you're doing great. And they were like in shock because I had been dying the previous loops you know I ran so damn fast um I don't know why it came to me but while I was running I was I was praying to Saint Sebastian the patron saint of athletes okay <laughs> and <laughs> do you watch uh Game of Thrones yes yeah all right I was just thinking if Jon Snow can endure all that suffering <laughs> that he's endured on Game of Thrones and yeah. Sansa which that poor girl has endured and you know what? And they gave me the strength to carry on. That's awesome. I, I, I will say I I have used Game of Thrones inspiration in workouts before. <laughs> oh, excellent. So we're not crazy. We're not crazy. It's a Let, totally common thing, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. There is a connection here between ultra running and Game of Thrones. <laughs> what what these characters have endured, the suffering. And remember that scene, I forget uh which season it was where uh, Jon Snow is climbing up the ice wall. Yes. Yeah. I all I just kept going back to that scene. And if he can climb that ice wall, you know, what am I, you know, complaining about that's here true. in sunny Florida? Well, that's know? what I find. That's what I find inspiring just in general about stories of endurance. Um, yes. You know, like any of them, like the survival stories, adventure stories, even fictional ones like that. It's like, I mean... Yeah, what yeah, and so, people are able yeah. to endure is completely fascinating. Yeah, yeah, and and I remember saying, I think I, you know, in, I wrote my race report uh, for my website on on the Wildcat, and I, I think I in there I, I I mentioned, you know, I talk about the Game of Thrones characters and um, how you know um, Sansa and what's the other one uh, whose name begins with an A? Oh, uh, Arya. Yeah, I they she would be a kick ass ultra runner. <laughs> she would be. <laughs> she would whip everyone's butt, let me tell you. I and they just gave me the inspiration because I just remembered their suffering and how they overcame, you know? And of course these are fictional characters. They're not suffering, they're making millions of dollars, you yeah. know? But <laughs> but it 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 got me oh it got me through it and finally you know I finally made it in 37 hours and some change That's you know awesome. uh, my husband you know uh uh you know paced me for about 40 miles wow. you know yeah and he had got this massive massive blister on his foot the next morning but uh it, it was huge ugly thing but anyway I drained it and um but uh, that was a wonderful experience because there were not a lot of runners. A lot of people dropped. It was so hot. And yeah. I also got the sense that many people who signed up had never really run an ultra. Or, like, I, I ran into one kid who had never even run a marathon, wow. you know. 
and was taking on this thing and then dropped to the 100K and I don't think he finished. But anyway, and he was really in so much pain. So I felt like, you know, I was everyone's mother trying to help them. (laughs) And this other guy, he just like puked every gallons and gallons. Uh, He was uh, There's almost, I'm trying to think like, I understand, like, I've felt like, I've never thrown up, I don't think, in an ultra, but I've felt like it, but when you pass somebody who is, it's pretty yeah. bad, because you're like, oh, I don't yeah. want to, I really, oh, no, no, I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, it was, uh, you know, but there were 13 finishers uh, for this 100, and I think there were 48 starters, and only 13 finished. Wow, wow. Yeah, and I was uh, number 13. And the finishers, the majority of the finishers were women in their 50s. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really nice to see that. Yeah. Well, I think to experience, like having experience in the ultras, like that pays off big time in these events. Yes. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And then afterwards, you know, we, um, I hallucinated that they were people in my food. Uh, It (laughs) was terrifying. I'm like, yeah, I'm looking at this salad that my husband had to get at a nearby Walmart because everything was closed on a Sunday night and we had no more food in our RV, you know, because we were getting ready to, you know, leave in two days. But anyway, he got the, I said, just get me a salad, whatever. I wasn't really hungry. And I I start to eat it and I see people in my salad. There is a mom and a dad and a boy. And they're in my salad and they're looking at me. And I said, John, there are people in my salad. And he's like, what are you talking about? There are no people in your salad. No, there are people in my salad. I'm not going to eat this. He goes, there are no people in your salad. See what you're looking at? I said, see, and I'm pointing at something. And I'm pointing at a piece of grilled chicken. <laughs> and he said, no, that's grilled chicken. That, that's not, there are no people there. And I said, I'm not eating this. I refused to eat. I went to bed not without eating. And my husband the next day said, my only regret was that I didn't film you because you were hilarious. That's hilarious. That's the, uh, have, if you've ever seen it, the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids hallucination. Oh, yeah. Because they're all in his cereal bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they, that's what it was. These people were in my food. and I, you know, That's I like, maybe no. the best hallucination I've heard on the show so far. Oh my so god! Good job. <laughs> oh yeah, it was like unbelievable, and I, 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 I wasn't even thinking that. Oh, I could be hallucinating because I just ran a hundred miles. No, 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 it was real. Wow. It was real. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then the next day, I realized that. Oh, I guess I, there weren't any people in my cell. How did they get there? <laughs> well, a couple of quick things to kind of wrap up the show. Um, when you when since you've done a handful of timed events and i'm actually i'm doing a 12-hour race in yes May. okay mm-hmm. um and i've never done one so a couple of things i'm nervous about is i mean there's the something in the back of your mind that tells you like you can just stall like you can just wait it out you know what i mean and like like i can go to the aid station and sit there for an hour if i really no. wanted to no you know that's that's a really good question when i run my my 24 hours i run like I'm running my 50 mile run. Okay. Okay. So just because you have 24 hours, it, it don't don't let that uh, say, oh, I can take my time. Okay. Just I've always done this. Like if I go into a 24 hour, um, uh, I'll go into it like uh, only because 
I always know that at, at 12 hours, my time is pretty good. So I shoot for that. So if I can, you know, finish um, uh, 50 miles, like my best 50 mile is 11 hours and 14 minutes, okay? But they're usually around 12 hours, okay? So that's, if, if you're going to run, you know, uh, and, and I think like that because I after 12 hours, I have 12 more hours, you know? And I know that I'm going to uh, slow down because in a 12 hour, it's going to get dark. And you're going to be sleep deprived. Yeah. A 12 hour. I, I've never run a 12 hour, but for me, if I were to run a 12 hour, I, I would be running it like I'm running a 50 miler. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, don't, uh, don't, um, you know, don't take a lot of time at the aid stations or okay. anything like that. Just, yeah, I, I wouldn't do that. Okay. You know? Cool. Um, actually, I never take times at the aid station. I just uh, reserve any time that I'm going to have to take is for the porta potty. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm also looking at it as kind of a training run, like an excuse yeah. to just be on my feet that long for something I'm training for for the summer. Um, and so that in in the past, whenever I've gone into a race, being like, "This is just a training run," I end up doing actually like better than when I'm being like, "Oh, I'm going to race today." Yeah, you know, that's a really good attitude. Yeah, just another training run, and that's what you're going to do. And if you do really well, like when I ran my first 24-hour, I had no expectations. I thought, you know, if I finish, uh, whatever whatever I can produce at the end of 24 hours, you know. Yeah. And uh, I'm thinking, well, it isn't going to be 100 uh, miles, you know, because I'm going to need more hours, you know. And around, uh, I think it was like mile 40, mile 45, my husband and my son said, Mom, you know, you're uh, you're in third place. And I'm like, third, <laughs> third place of what? What are you talking about? You're in third place, Mom, overall women's. You're you're doing really well. I said, I am. And then I see this signage with, they have the uh, the leaderboard with the three males and the three females. And I'm, I remember going past that. I'm like, why is my name up there? Yeah. <laughs> like. What, what did I do? But um, and then I just kept going, you know, uh, and then we got hit by lightning. It started to rain and, and to lightning. Uh, and so I did one more loop. And then I asked the director, oh, gee, I don't know if I want to go back out there because we're surrounded by a lake and I don't want to get hit, you know, by lightning. And he says, well, do it. You don't have to because um, your your third place you is you have it, you know, unless the person that's six miles behind you really kicks ass yeah. at the last. Yeah. yeah. And um, I was like, yeah. And I wasn't at the award ceremony because I was so tired and exhausted. And I had to puke a little bit and I just took a shower. And then it was pouring outside the hotel. And so my husband comes in with Chinese food and he says, oh, look what you got. He said they had the award ceremony and they called your name. And I said, oh, she's in, you know, taking a shower. And I got a plaque, a really nice plaque. And I, I had got my medal earlier. And they said, uh, your $100 check is being uh, sent to you in the oh, mail. That's cool. Yeah. And I said, oh, $100? <laughs> they said, yeah. I had no idea money was involved. That's so cool. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, you're you just do well. When, when is your 12 hour? Uh, it's May, I think it's May 11th. And it's kind 12? of interesting. First of all, it's at, it's like 10 minutes from my house at this open space park. But it's the hilliest one. Like if I go out there, I, I have like a half marathon loop I'll run and it's a beast. There's like a lot of uh, like you gain a lot of elevation as you go. Um, yeah. And this one's kind of cool because you you go up to an aid station, which is like five miles in. And then you 
there are three different loops. And so over the the time period, you draw like little, uh, I think it's like little balls out of like a hat or something. And if you get oh, yeah. the red one, you run the red loop. If you get the green one, the green loop. And then the yellow loop is like, 2000 feet of elevation gain so that one's the one apparently everyone's like you don't want to get that one oh my god so you have the stress of not knowing what what (laughs) little ball you're gonna get yeah exactly so which is kind of fun like i kind of think it's a cool concept but well it it, because it's it's fun it's like a challenge you may be more relaxed so your body you might do you know better um my only suggestion is um maybe uh walk the hills you know, yeah. if, you're, if you're too tired. Um, and um, May 11th, you know, I will be thinking of you because <laughs> May 11th, I'm running the 24 hour. Oh, well, there ultra. you go. Yeah. Yeah. So an, we'll, I'll think, we'll, I'll be we'll, like, we'll, after my 12 hours, I'm like, well, you know what? At least I don't have to do that for 12 more hours. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's yeah. so wonderful. That is, that is awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and then the last kind of to wrap up the last things I wanted to ask you real quick is um, you like I I really want I my goal is always to get people to sign up for their first ultra, which is usually a 50K. Um, so I kind of want to hear like I, let like do you have any inspiration to get people who are like I can never even take one of these on to sign up for a 50K? Um, and then I also want to hear, I know you read a lot of running books and you do a whole bunch of awesome reviews of them on your website, which we can mention in a second. Um, but which out of all the running books, which one has like had the most impact on you? Wow. That's a great question. Huh? I'm staring at them right now. Um, there's so many really good ones. Um, Yeah. Well, I have to tell you. The first running book that I read was uh, Dean Carnassus's Ultra Marathon Man. Okay. And I just loved that book. And I got that book after I saw him on 60 Minutes with uh, being interviewed by Leslie Stahl with uh, ultra marathoner Pam Reed, who's also won Badwater. And that's what got me into running ultras. I didn't know that ultra ultras existed i didn't know what an ultra marathon was until i watched that episode of 60 minutes so i got his book i have all of his books um oh let's see i'm i'm staring at them they're all and of course i love born to run born to run was a page turner yeah Uh, that was uh, a great book um yeah i uh i like them all i like them all yeah, they're they're all good, but I, my the, my first one uh, was Dean Carnass. Oh, and then Scott Jurek's Eat Run was oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay, yeah, very good book, and I also reviewed his North book about his Appalachian Trail. Uh, if you get a chance, read um, Charlie Engel's uh, Running Man. Okay, it's a very good book. Very good book. Um, Charlie Engel is in that documentary Running the Sahara. Uh, which is an excellent documentary. Yeah, and you know, all of these books are 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 good books, and I learn a lot from them. You, and I, I like reading people's memoirs. In fact, I'm uh, working on my memoir. Oh no way! That's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. I've been working on it for a couple of years, slow and steady. You know, finishes the race. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's what uh, I'm working. And the the title of my book is going to be 
come what may, I want to run, which is from uh, Old Testament scripture, the book of Samuel, uh, second book of Samuel, verse 18, uh, chapter 18, verse 23, come what may, I want to run. And that became very important uh, scripture for me when I was having my medical crisis that no matter what happens, I want to run. That's awesome. And that's what keeps me keeps me running. That's cool. Well, Miriam, thank you for coming on the show. Can you kind of give people a heads up of like where they can follow your stuff or check out your blog? Because your blog is really good. I, I really enjoyed it. You've you've interviewed a lot of really interesting people in the ultra running community. Yeah, yeah. In fact, my next interviewee is uh, Dean Carnassus. Finally, got a hold of him. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, he's a busy guy. Yeah, but if uh, I welcome everyone to visit. Uh, my uh, ultra running website and blog, uh, Ultra Miriam or www.miriamdizgilbert.com. Uh, I also have my Facebook, uh, Ultra Miriam Facebook page, which I enjoy. Uh, and uh, I also have a YouTube channel. Uh, Ultra Miriam, where I make you know little videos that I can share with people. Um, and, um, yeah, I just, if more people ran, no matter the distance, heaven would be on earth. Yeah. Is what I think. Yeah. Definitely. And, uh, and just, you, it just, you don't have to run. It's just, if you just start walking, you know, walking movement and walking is a big part of ultra running training. Cause you end up walking <laughs> about, you know, 20% of a hundred miler, 20% of any race. That's awesome. So Again, I want to really thank you for reaching out, and I'm glad we had this conversation, and I'm happy to know that you're from Iowa. Yes, all right. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming on the show. Okay, you have a great day. All right, you do. Okay? Bye. All right, okay, bye-bye. All right, huge thanks to Miriam for coming on the show. Like I said, check out her website, miriamdiazgilbert.com. Uh, or ultra Miriam on a lot of the social media stuff. Uh, she has a lot of really interesting content, and if you're an ultra runner, um, or if it's just something that you're like, wow, that sounds interesting. In fact, if you're someone out there who's listening to this and listen to that whole episode or any of the other podcasts and you're thinking like, it sounds incredibly difficult to take on uh, ultra endurance event, I would highly recommend just finding stories that show you that normal people do this all the time um and i think miriam's website has a lot of those because like i said she's interviewed um a whole bunch of various ultra runners um the podcast obviously has had some stories like that or even those books she was sharing because even the 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 big time athletes that you see when when you actually dig into their stories you realize they're no different than you and i and I think that's super powerful in uh, helping inspire and motivate you guys to take on more than you think you could. So, all right. Well, that's going to wrap up the show for this week. We'll get back at you next week. See ya.